Well, good morning, Crossroads Church. Um, I just want to say that it's an absolute honor to be here worshiping with you today. I'd like to welcome you all here, especially our fathers today on Father's Day. I'd like to welcome our guests, those people that are online. Um, Kay, happy birthday. Um, Let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, um, today I just want to focus on the fact that this is a day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I pray that the words that are spoken today would be the words that you want spoken to your body. And I just thank you, Father, for your blessings and everything great that you do for us. So before we get started into the heart of the message today, I just wanted to take a second to recap. Um, For me, this series on the Psalms has been really powerful and really helpful, and I'm learning some stuff that I find to be quite significant. Um, Dwayne started out on Psalm 34, and the focus on that was, Father, deliver us from fear. Uh, The key verse in there was 34.4, and it's one that I'm going to have become one of my memory verses. Um, I sought the Lord, he answered me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. And I think that's something that all of us can relate to and resonate with. And then John preached on uh, Psalm 103, who is your king? How do we fear God and obey all of his commands? There's just a lot of significance there as well. And then last Sunday, Jeff preached on 118. And this is one that's kind of been in my soul for a long time of, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, I was mesmerized by the video of the um, Oklahoma uh, girls softball team and how they talked about their faith, how they talked about living in joy whether you win or you lose. Um, And then Jeff really camped on the fact that Jesus is our cornerstone, and I think there's just an absolute power to that. And so when I was asked to look at a message on the Psalms, um, there's 150 Psalms, and you start going, holy, what do I do out of 150 Psalms? And so what happened for me was, I've been um, studying a book um, called The Power of Prayer. And in that book, I read a chapter here a month ago where the author said, what's the first thing you think about when you get up in the morning? And he went in to elaborate on the first thing you should think about is praising God for who he is for all of the wonderful things that he's done for you. And since I read that chapter, the very first thing out of my mouth is, Lord, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for the opportunities that are presented to us. Thank you for all that you have done for me and for my family and for our church. And the list just goes on and on and on. And this story is maybe a little weird, but one of the things that resonates in my brain is I get up, All of our bedrooms are in the upper level of our home, and a lot of mornings when I walk by Joanna's old bedroom, which is now Jenny's sewing studio, I say, Lord, thank you for Joe. She's been such a huge blessing to me. And then I go to the next bedroom, and that's Andrew's, which is now our guest bedroom, and I say, Lord, thank you for Andrew. You have 
given Jen and me two of the greatest kids that we could ever imagine. And um, I am just so grateful for them. I am so grateful for who they are and, and the people that they've become, the work that they do. And so a lot of mornings I just say, Father, thank you for those kids. And now thank you for the grandkids because they also are an incredible, incredible blessing. A lot of mornings I get up around 5, 5.30 and the first thing I do is I take my pup outside. And for those of you that are outside early in the morning, if you hear the birds singing, all you can do is say thank you. For me, when I hear the cardinal singing and the robins going, I, I just sit there and I just go, wow, it is so unbelievably powerful to just listen. And then our sun rises. That is something that resonates with my soul, you know, beyond comprehension. And so last Saturday morning, Bo and I went out on our lake to go fishing. And so we got in about 5.45 and we're motoring out to where we're going to fish. And I look, doesn't show up here quite as well as it did there, but I look off to the east and this is what greeted us that morning. And we both just stopped and we just went, oh, wow, Father, thank you for what you just showed us. And for those of you that, you know, are up in the morning or whatever, a sunrise and a sunset may last for seconds. This lasted for about a minute or two, and then it was gone. And I was sitting there with my phone just clicking away. Um, But for me, that was just a powerful moment. And then, I don't even want to share this with you, but so I started writing notes for my message and trying to decide which psalm to do. And as I'm writing my notes, Jen turns to me and she goes, you do realize that that Sunday is Father's Day, right? And I went, really? (laughs) I didn't know. And so thank you, Jen, for keeping me in line with that. But the thing is, is it's perfect because the message today is all about praise. It's all about praise to our Father in heaven. And so, um, today, I want to share some stories with you um, that kind of resonate from my life, that come from my father. So, I apologize in advance because some of them may be a little weird, um, and most of them are even true. Um, And I think one of the things that you might see is that they may explain a little bit about why I am the way I am. And so, as I was preparing for this message, and I think one of the opportunities that we have is, you know, digging in. And and Stephanie, you know, when you talked about the power of what you learn in your small groups and the books that you study, I can't tell you guys how important that is. I am blessed to be a part of a Promise Keepers men's group where we study and we dig deep. And we learn from each other. And, and I cannot tell you the value of that. But when you do a message, you, you read and you learn and you study and you learn all of these things that you didn't know. And so as I was doing my research, as you know, digging into the Psalms, I learned, I didn't know this. Honestly, I did not know this. That there are five books in the book of Psalms. I knew that. But I did not know that those five books related to the first five books of the Bible. And so book one in Psalms 
parallels Genesis. Book 2 parallels Exodus, right down the line. I didn't know that. And so that was something that I learned. Now, I did know, you know, some of the data that I'm going to share here, but out of the authors of the Psalms, David wrote most of them. He wrote 73. Asaph wrote 12. The sons of Korah, 9. Solomon, 2. And 51 are are anonymous. And they say that many of those probably can also be attributed to David. Um, The purpose of the Psalms is books on John had talked about the poetry. There are songs, there are praises, worship, confession, prayer, and prophecy. The key verse in the book of Psalms is 156. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so for me, that's a huge part of what this message is about today. In the Psalms, we see that the writers pour out their true feelings. They confess their sins. They share their doubts and their fears. They ask for help. They give praise and worship. Oftentimes, they're in the depths of despair or the heights of celebration. The thing that you see is they're honest with God. And many years ago, I learned through my studies that God has really big, really broad shoulders. And you can go to him and tell him anything. I don't care what it is. We got to realize that he has seen it all. He knows it all. And you can go to him and say, Father, I'm struggling with this. And that's all okay. We can go to him with anything, at any time, for any reason, because he is the best father of all. In the Psalms, we learn to give praise in all circumstances. We learn that we can ask for help when we're in trouble. We learn just how much he cares for us. We learn and see in action what John 3.16 means. So he so loved the world. You go through that and you get to the end of it. Why? So we would not perish. He loves us that much. Continuing in the studies, I saw that other psalms, there are nine other psalms in the book that represent all praise to God. And as you go through them, you see that most of the psalms are about praise as well. Um, These praises express admiration, appreciation, and gratitude when when we realize everything that he has done for us. We think about his creation. We think about his blessings, his forgiveness. One of the verses that just resonates in my brain all the time is the fruits of the Spirit. We think about who God is, he is about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, things that we want to aspire to, things that we want to, to be about. And one of the questions that I had as I was preparing this was, as we learn to praise and think about who God is and what he does, do we have the ability to share that with others? Because maybe they don't know what you know. And maybe you can be a segue for them to to become a part of that family and to focus on praise and to understand that you can go to him at any time for any reason. One of the things that we've talked about in in the, the, the church prayer team is the power of doing a gratitude journal. All of us, go, you know, we know that there's days when life is tough, things are hard, we're dealing with something, 
If you go to a, a gratitude journal and you write down seven things every day that you're grateful for, it changes your perspective on everything. You know, I, I will never forget when Stephanie and Rob talked about what happened to their farm and the power of focusing on gratitude rather than the grief of what had taken place. There was great power in that. The last time I gave the message, I talked about doing a prayer journal. And one of the things that I think I don't do a good enough job at in my prayer journal, I'm great at listing the requests. I'm not as great at listing the answers and giving praise to God for all of the prayers that he does answer for us. And for those of us on the prayer team, we get to see answered prayer all the time. And all we can do is thank him for that. So, um, I would like for you guys to join with me. I want to read Psalm 45 responsibly. If you turn to uh, page 470 in the Red Pew Bibles, I'm going to read from the NIV version. And so, um, I'll give you a second to turn there, you know, pull it up on your phone or your Bible or whatever. Um, But I want us just to read this together. This psalm is all praise. And it's called a psalm of praise from David. And so let's do this together. I'll start and let's just, we're going to do the whole thing together. So let's go. I will exalt you, my King, the God. I want you to read it with me. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of your power, of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of your glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call in him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears the cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. All you can say after you read that is amen and amen. There is tremendous power in that verse. So today is Father's Day, and I want to just give a heartfelt thank to all the fathers here and those that are online. Being a good father is one of the most important jobs that we have. 
I've tried in my lifetime to be a good father, and I know there's times that I came up short where I didn't do as good a job as I probably should have done. And as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded of that, of the words in Matthew 7, 9 through 11 that says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to, get good, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give, give good gifts to those who ask him? He's the greatest father of all. We need to thank him for being that. We need to praise him and praise him all day long. We need to realize that he never comes up short. And we know that we can ask him when we're in trouble because trouble comes. We know that it's going to come. One of the things that, as I was preparing this, that really resonated with me is sometimes there's an action step that we need to take. Sometimes um, there's something required on our part to do. Maybe we need to be creative. Maybe we need to be more positive. Maybe we need to think, you know what? I can. I can do this. I can get that done. And understand that he's going to be there to help you. Maybe it's don't be afraid to accept help. There's things that I don't know how to do. And if somebody can come and help me, I'm going to thank them for helping me and teaching me and helping me to move forward with something. Um, Don't be afraid to understand that he's orchestrating behind the scenes. Maybe we just need to try. And so... I keep resonating back to Dwayne's message on fear. And Dwayne talked about, don't let fear paralyze you. And that is so true. Um, For those of you that are basketball fans, you know, there's that old phrase, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So folks, take your shots. Don't be afraid to take your shots. A number of years ago, I read an article. I'm a huge Apple guy. I've been working on Macs for 35 years. And... I read an article about Steve Jobs at Apple, and he talked about, you know, what he does, how they created all the technology that he did. And in the article, he said, most people fail because they don't ask. The word says, you do not have because you do not ask. And so... I found a lot of power in um, 145.14 where it says, The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. So the heart of this is when our burdens come and when those burdens seem to be more that we can bear, we've got to remember that he is there holding us up through whatever the circumstance is We trust and know that he is holding us up and that he is helping us. In 145.18, it says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. What's that? That's prayer. He says he's going to be there when we pray to him. So we can pray and ask, but sometimes we have to do Now, I'm going to tell a story. You guys have all heard this. I apologize in advance. This is the flood story. This is the story about a man being in his house. A giant flood comes and is flooding his house. And 
the waters just keep rising. So he goes up and he goes up and he goes up. He gets to the roof of his house. He knows he's in trouble. And so what he does is he prays to the Lord. He said, Father, you've got to help me because I'm in trouble. Please come and help me. And so a little while later, a canoe comes by and the guy in the canoe says, come on, get in with me. I'll take you to safety. He goes, no, 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 I prayed and God's going to save me. Short time later, a boat comes by, says, get in, I will take you to safety. And he says, no, no, I prayed to God, he's going to save me. The third time, a helicopter flies by and hovers over him and stops and says, get in, I will take you to safety. And he says, no, 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 I'm waiting for the Lord to, to save me. The floodwaters continue, he drowns, then he's in heaven. He asked God, I prayed, and you did not save me. Why did you not save me? And God turns to him and said, I sent a canoe, I sent a boat, and I sent a helicopter, and you turned them all down. So the moral of that for me is, sometimes you got to just get in the boat, because that maybe gets you to the safety that you need. So in my studies on this psalm, I came across a theologian by the name of Martin Franzman, and he said that theology is doxology, and theology must sing. And so I asked myself what that meant. And so going back to one of my college English professors, I decided I wanted to see exactly what theology said, and it's the study of religious faith, practice, and experience the study of God and his relationship to the world. We should all know that. What's doxology? I should know that, but I wasn't sure. Doxology is the liturgical expression of praise to God. And so, when we look at that and we see, I was reminded of what it says in Acts 17.28 that says, For in him we live, we move, we have our being because we are his offspring. So what does that mean? We are his children. He's the greatest father of all and we are his children. And so, therefore, our theology must sing, it must praise, it must confess, because this is all done in his presence. And so, I want to tell you a story also. Um, Our prayer team puts out a prayer list every week where we go through the praises and requests that come in from the body. And after that gets put out, what I do is I print it off and I, I lay that on my desk and in the mornings when I get up and I do my studies, I go through that prayer list. Now, honestly, I have what I would call a public part and I have a private part on that list because there are people that come to me and they'll say, would you please put this on the prayer list and would you pray for my family member? I've got a health issue. Pray for this, pray for this. And, and so I have a list of things that I can't put out in public. About six months ago, I was, reading, I was reading another Bible study book, and the author talked about making your work sing. And that resonated with me as an artist and a photographer. So in that list, for the last six months, I've had this line that says, Father, would you make my work sing? Would you make my photography sing? Would you make my art sing? Would you make what I'm called to do sing? 
And so the question for me is, what has each of us been called to do? Ask the Father to help you make that work sing for you. How can we be a positive influence in the world around us? And so I'm going to tell a couple of stories that resonate with that. So a couple of months ago, uh, I serve on a, a board um, for Lake Colchester, had a banking question, didn't know what to do. And so Sunday morning, I found Nicole, and I asked her this question. And she said, I'm not 100% sure, but I'll research it, and I'll get back to you. The next morning, about 8.15, I had a note from Nicole that said, for your question, please call this guy at our bank. This is his number. This is his name, and he will answer the question for you. So I immediately got on the phone, called the guy. He answered my question. That moment, maybe that was a simple thing, but Nicole helped me solve a problem that I couldn't solve on my own, so thank you for doing that. I... um, I've been having some eye issues, and I've been going to the Wolf Eye Clinic a lot in the last four or five months, and there's a nurse there who has been kind and compassionate and caring and incredible as she's worked with me, and as I think about the work that she's doing, it's like her work sings because of what she's doing, and then just the other day, I was at Fairway, and I was checking out you know, with some stuff that I had purchased, and the lady who checked me out very kindly just said, hey, man, I hope you have a really wonderful day, and gave me the hugest smile. It was genuine. It was kind, and I walked away going, that was a blessing to me in that moment where she gave me what she did. And then I go back to what Dwayne said, where he talked about Christians have a radiance about them. Those that have a total trust in God have a radiance about them. They make their lives sing. They make a difference. And I ask the question, do I have that radiance? Do you have that radiance? I want to have that. Franzman goes on to say that, oh, the Holy Spirit, if he would still breathe life on his church once more, then there would people whose lives would ooze praise. Each person's life would become high doxology, total praise to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When our theology becomes doxology, it is not only sung, but it radiates lives of high doxology, lives that make a difference in the world in which we live. I hope to aspire to be one of those people that have that radiance about them. And like the three examples, you never know when your opportunity comes to make a difference for somebody around you. So my next thought is, I wanted to tell you that our words matter way more than we realize. And so I wanted to talk, as I was preparing this message, these stories about my dad just came to my heart and my mind, and I wanted to share a couple of them with you. My dad was a high school math teacher. Um, He loved kids, and as I was growing up, there would always be kids in our backyard. My dad loved to play golf. He would always be out there teaching kids how to swing a golf club. He would also, he would all. you'd see days when he'd be out there with fishing rods, and he was teaching kids how to cast a fishing rod. And so I grew up 
as a pretty intense outdoorsman. And I'm going to share a couple of stories with you. Um, so one time when I was maybe 12 or 13, we were, I don't remember whether we were hunting or mushroom hunting or whatever, but I grew up in eastern Iowa in the really big, deep hills, ravine area around Grant Wood country. And my dad and I came to a large ravine. And there was a, a stream in the bottom, creek, muddy, nasty. And as we were walking down this stream, we came to a log that was about probably about this big around, and it was laying across the top of the ravine. And he turned to me and he said, do you think you can make it across that log to the other side? Now, I was 12. And I looked at him and I said, I don't know. And he turned to me and he said, you know, I think you can. And so off he went, across the log to the other side. And I'm standing on the other side of the ravine and I'm going, so off I went. Got all the way across. Didn't say a word, just, you did it. And then there was a time, this one might be a little bizarre, but there was a time, we, I grew up, I'm a, I'm a river rat. I grew up fishing in a river. We went to Cedar Rapids to fish in the Cedar River. I was probably 13 or 14, and after we'd fished for a while, things weren't going well. My dad turned to me, and he goes, think you can make it to the other side of the river? And I go, what? He goes, you think you can make it to the other side of the river? And I said, I don't know. He goes, I think you can. So we took off our shirts and our shoes. We were wearing jean shorts, and off we went. Took off across the river, wading, swimming, navigating. We got to the other side, turned around, came back. And I went, okay, got across the river. And then this one is a little bizarre where... We were camping at Lake Red Rock. I was probably 14 or 15. We, we went to Lake Red Rock all the time because it was one of our favorite places to fish. We would fish early in the morning, fish late at night, and then we'd sleep during the day in our tent. And one of the days, it was quite warm, and we were in the campgrounds below this, the dam, and we went down to the beach area, and we were swimming. And my dad turns to me, and he goes, think you can make it to the other side? And I looked at him and I said, what? And my dad was an avid swimmer. And he said, you can backstroke and sidestroke all day long. And so we got our swimming trunks on and we took off. Now, we were only 20 yards off the rocks of the dam. But we swam all the way across the lake to the other side. And I learned on those examples the power of... I think you can. My life was filled with a dad who kept saying, I think you can. My dad was a math teacher. I wasn't great in math. I'd go to him for help, and I said, Dad, I can't do this. And he'd go, I think you can. And he would work with me to solve the math problem. And so after I thought about that, this spring, and I, I'm, I'm so thankful, my wife Jenny belongs to a gardens club. I'm an avid mushroom hunter. I love, love, love to hunt mushrooms. And so she has a friend who lives over near Hartford who has a large farm and got me permission to go mushroom hunting on her farm. And I get there, and the lady goes, well, you can hunt behind my house. You can hunt over here. You can go over here. Oh, but on the north side of her property, there's this giant ravine. And she goes, I don't think you can get across that ravine. 
And I go, I think I can. <laughs> so people, we got to remember that our words matter. And so as I was studying for this, I came across a poem by a lady by the name of Dorothy Law Nolte who said, children learn by what they live by. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, he learns to be shy. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. But if a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns confidence. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate. If a child lives with fairness, he learns justice. If a child lives with security, he learns to have faith. And so I wanted to interject right here another just brief story of, I serve at a kid's camp in the summertime where we help take care of foster children. Last year, we had a young man probably 11-ish, and we as camp staff were noticing that he was stealing food. And, you know, a lot of the campers would carry around this knapsack, and this kid would take stuff and stick it in the knapsack. And we caught him doing this. Every day he'd go to the camp, and at this camp, food is plentiful. Every kid gets as much to eat, as much to drink as they absolutely want or need. And so after a couple of days, we pulled this child aside and we said, why are you taking all of this food? There's all kinds of food here. You don't need to be taking this. And this kid turned to us as staff and he goes, I'm not taking it for me. I have a brother and a sister at home and we don't have enough food to eat. I'm taking it home for them. And you just go... How can we live in a world where an 11-year-old kid doesn't have enough food and he's stealing food for his younger brother and his younger sister? And our hearts were breaking as we heard that story. And so continuing, if a child lives with approval, he learns to like himself. If a child lives with acceptance and friendship, he learns to find love in this world back to if a child lives with security, he doesn't have to steal food. And so, I want to close with, for me, the power of what God's scripture does for us. And one of the things that I like to do is I like to create a memory verse card and I, I take a, I'll take a um, three by five note card, I'll write it down and what I'll do is I'll create an acronym that I memorize, and then that acronym helps me to understand and memorize that verse and the power of being able to use those verses when you're in situations. This particular verse, Romans 8, 38 through 39, has a tremendous power for me when it talks about neither death nor life, neither, neither angels nor demons, nothing that happens in this world can separate us from the love of God that is through his son, Jesus Christ. There is unbelievable power um, in that. And I thank God for his word, and I thank God for 
allowing us to use it in situations that, that might be difficult. And so I wanted to close tonight with, Jeff, that final slide, if we can get that. Sorry that I'm a cartoon guy. Um, this was uh, in the paper right at the time that the Oscars were going on. And Jeff, last Sunday, talked about the beauty of the sunrises and the sunsets that we have here. And this is God needs to win an Oscar for that sunset. And so the big idea for me today is let's give praise and honor and glory to him all the time in all circumstances. So join with me here, guys. God is good all the time. All the time. Thank you for that. So, Father God, today we close. We just say, help us to live lives that, that just are radiant. Help us to live lives that exude praise and honor and glory to you. Help us to live lives that sing and help others around us to know that we love them and that we care about them and we are going to do our absolute best in our spheres of influence. So, Father, I give you praise today for all of the fathers in the room here, and I give you praise that you are the greatest, most powerful, most wonderful Father of all. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you, guys.